Praise the Lord. Title of the message tonight, Money is More Spiritual Than We Might Think. Money is more spiritual than you think. Well, this morning we received inspiration from the Word of God. Where there is no vision, the people perish. A call for all of us to have vision in our lives, the Lord's vision. But I take that beyond as I thought of the great vision of the house of the Lord as was presented today. The supreme vision of this house of the Lord is the vision of the Lord that we go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Baptizing, make disciples of all the nations in this nation and nations of the world. And that is the great overriding vision that all of us have in our hearts. Without a vision, the people perish. If we don't have that vision, the Great Commission, people will perish without the knowledge of Christ. Well, I thought I'd follow up tonight with a message on finances that the Lord has put a stir in my heart concerning our giving, our finances. Money is more spiritual than you think. Let's begin with Matthew 6, 24. Jesus said, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot... Wow, that's strong. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon, money. What does it speak of here? Mammon is that covetous, selfish, withholding spirit, materialistic spirit that tries to get a hold of us when it comes to our money. Where I have definition there, mammon is a worldly governing spirit rather than God's governing spirit on our finances. A worldly governing spirit. We act and live and handle our finances like the world does or God's governing spirit. Our finances are under his control and we seek to do his will. In Luke 18, 22 to 27, Jesus spoke to the rich young ruler who was obsessed with his money and possessed by his money. So when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. My, what could have become of this young man? What kind of testimony, what kind of destiny, what kind of fruit could he have brought forth unto God? But he couldn't give up his finances to the Lord. But when he heard this, he became very sorrowful for he was very rich. And when Jesus saw that he became very sorrowful, he said, how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than, than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And those who heard it said, who then can be saved? Can anyone be saved then? See, the disciples were convicted because this grip of finance is something that every person has to deal with in their own heart before God. It's an issue of the heart. Will we give up and serve God with our finances or are we going to hold to the finances in a secular, worldly way? Who then can be saved? But Jesus said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. God can change our hearts. God can change this hard, selfish, materialistic heart that's inside every person. That stingy spirit. 
and he can open us to be blessers and those who pour out abundantly for his kingdom and serve the Lord with our finances. We steward money. We don't serve money as the people of the Lord. The founding pastor of this church, A.G. Forsyth, a generation ago told of the story of a man, a secular man, very wealthy. Back then, a generation ago, a billionaire was a man of great wealth, even today, but how much more back then? And this man was asked, he was interviewed, and the question was, how much money will it take to make you happy? How much money will it take to satisfy you? How much money will it take to for you to say it's enough? His answer, just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. I'm sure you know the testimony, or some of you would, of R.G. Letourneau, a man in the 1920s who, without a formal education, felt a direction in his heart to go into earth moving. And the Lord gave him design and vision and understanding of how to create machinery and how to expedite the way they move earth or move dirt. And he had a number of difficult times and sometimes he just barely maintained solvency. But he had this plan and this vision and one day he started this business, earth moving business in a proper way and in a strong way. And he had this machinery and things happening, but then the, the Great Depression hit 1930. But he continued on, and in 1932, his company had profits of $50,000. And the next year, or, or 1934, 1934, it had profits of $300,000. And he and his wife entered into partnership with the Lord. And they said, Lord, from this moment on, this business was just a fledgling business. No, it was prospering. But they made a deal with God. They said, we're going to partner with God. From this point on, 90% of the profits go to the kingdom of God and 10% to us. And those of you who have read the testimony and the story, it's amazing. The millions and millions and millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars that were poured into the kingdom. I say that we should gain for ourselves and for our families. We should be content, and then we should give to the Lord. I thought about it, and every person has to think about it, no matter how much wealth they have or investment or finances. How much am I willing to leave dormant and dead in bank accounts and investments when Jesus Christ returns? How much will I have used for the glory of God? And so there's this call on our lives. Money is more spiritual than we think. Well, tonight I have seven quick points. If we take two, three minutes on each, 20 minutes, 21 to 25 minutes, close it out with a scripture and we'll be on our way. It's not a three-point message, but we may as well go for perfection. Let's go for seven. Number one, money is more spiritual. It brings the blessing of God. Malachi 3, 8 to 10, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offering. Tithes are 10% of our income. And offerings, gifts over and above that, according to our generosity and our ability. 
You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation, God said. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Can you imagine if 100% of God's people that are called Christians would tithe? The windows of heaven would open wide. Maybe they're only at 20, 25% open. Maybe the windows aren't fully open. But if we will open our windows, the blessing of the Lord will come corporately. But for our own lives, the windows of heaven can be opened fully on our families and on our lives. It brings the blessing of God. Proverbs 3, 9 to 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your presses, your wine fats, will overflow with new wine. They will burst out with new wine. There's a saying, it's been around many years, you can't outgive God. That's the statement, you can't outgive God. But I'd put a qualifier on that because we can't simply presumptuously give and hope to get a return out of some motive that isn't proper, isn't led of the Spirit. I believe if we are led of the Spirit, you can't outgive God. If our giving is led of the Spirit, we can't outgive God. In our lifetime, the Lord will pour out His blessing. There will be abundance. There will be plenty. It won't only be in the provision. It'll be spiritually. It'll be physically. It'll be relationally. It'll be in our families. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and He adds no sorrow with it. If our giving, when our giving is led by the Spirit, we can't outgive God. Number two, money is more spiritual. It brings a canopy of protection. Malachi 3, 11 to 12. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the land, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord. When we give our finances, our tithes and offerings, Malachi 3, there is a canopy for protection that comes upon our finances, upon our life, upon our enterprises, and upon our family. It's the promise of the Lord. Number three, money is more spiritual. It can trouble the camp. Now, I'm willing to confess tonight, when it came to this point, even though I put it down, I was tempted to go and delete this point from the pro presenter and to shy away from these scriptures because these are strong scriptures. You know, it was in ancient days. They said to the preachers, I mean the prophets, prophesy unto us smooth things, things we like to hear. Well, this isn't a smooth thing. Joshua 7, 19 to 21. Now Joshua said to Achan, my son, I beg you, give glory to the Lord God of Israel and make confession to him and tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and this is what I have done. When I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment, 
200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels. I coveted them and took them, and there they are hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent with the silver under it. And Joshua said, Why have you troubled us? Because he troubled the whole camp. The Lord will trouble you this day. So all Israel stoned him with stones, and they burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. Money is more spiritual. It can trouble the camp. What about Acts 5, 1 to 5? But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession, and he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. It's a serious matter how we handle our finances before the Lord. No, Ananias and Sapphira, if you look into the previous chapter 4, they saw a young man, Barnabas, that had sold a piece of land and given 100% of the proceeds to the Lord, laid it at the apostles' feet. What a reputation came on Barnabas son of encouragement, son of consolation. They said, we want reputation too. We want to be well thought of among the people of God. We're going, let's, let's say we give everything. And then they were tempted and said, hey, we're going to keep back part of it for ourselves. And the judgments of the Lord fell upon them because they lied to the Holy Spirit. It matters how we handle our finances before the Lord. Some may think it doesn't really matter, but it matters a great deal. Ecclesiastes 5 says, do not make vows rashly with your mouth. Do not vow and then not pay, because the Lord has no pleasure in fools. He says, it's better not to vow than to make a vow and break it before the Lord. So we understand how serious this matter is as we weigh out our finances and our vision offerings and our tithes and offerings week after week. These things are very, very important to God. Money is more spiritual. It can bless the camp. It can trouble the camp. Number four, it is a preeminent means by which we honor the high priestly ministry of Christ. A preeminent means by which we acknowledge Jesus and honor his high priestly ministry. Jesus is the only one who can atone for our sins, bring us into right relationship with God, and then the bringing of our tithes, as the scripture will show, that is the way we honor his ministry and his mediatorship in our lives and the reconciliation of the Lord. Hebrews 7, 6 to 10. But he whose genealogy is not derived from them, that is Melchizedek, the high priest, who is Jesus, an appearance of Christ in the Old Testament, his genealogy was not derived from the Levitical tribe, the priestly tribe, but this man... Melchizedek, the high priest, Jesus, the Son of God, received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. Abraham gave tithes to Jesus, and Jesus blessed Abraham who had the promises. 
Now, beyond all contradiction, the lesser is blessed by the better. Here, mortal men receive tithes, but there, in heaven, Jesus receives tithes. Of whom it is witness that he lives. Even Levi, who receives tithes, paid tithes through Abraham, so to speak, for he was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. This is one of the great privileges we have to acknowledge Jesus as our high priest, the one who paid for our sins, the one who cleansed us from all unrighteousness, the one who justified us before God, our Father, and brought us into God's presence spotless and without blemish, that we might be sons and daughters of God. The way we honor his ministry is to bring our tithes and our offerings and present them before him. Number five, money is more spiritual. It opens the door to the true spiritual riches. Luke 16, 10 to 11, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, money, finances, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Do you know that if we do not present our tithes and offerings and our finances properly before the Lord, it affects our ability to hear God? That's what Jesus is saying. When we give our finances properly, openly to the Lord, generously, with a heart of thanksgiving, a cheerful heart, something happens on the inside of us and there is a release of the wisdom and understanding and discernment and spiritual instruction of the Lord that comes forth in our lives. People who are generous before the Lord with tithes and offerings and giving also have spiritual understanding because that is the result and that is the reward. Money is more spiritual. It opens the door to true spiritual riches. Oh, to hear God speak in your heart, to feel the direction of the Almighty, to hear his counsel, for the secret counsel of the Lord is with them that fear him. What a privilege to hear and understand and have the voice of God in our lives. Number six, it translates into eternal souls. Luke 16, 9, and I say to you, make friends for yourselves by means of money, by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, and unless the Lord returns, we will all fail and exit this life. That when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. Make friends to yourself by means of money. How many people will your finances, how many people will my finances and the finances of my family reach for the gospel? How many people will be provided for? How many people will stand with a Bible in their hand and the knowledge of God? How many people will find a local church that can bless their life and set them on a path of recovery and strength for the rest of their days, bless their posterity and generations to come? How many people can our finances reach? And the Bible says that our money's going where we can't go. Our money goes out into the nations of the world. It goes out into this community. It goes out into the mission fields of earth and touches people and brings life to people. And one day when we go to heaven, 
When we fail and we exit this life and we come into the eternal kingdom, people will be coming to us, Jesus said, and they will be thanking us. They will be, thank you for those finances. Thank you for sending the offerings to the mission fields. Thank you for blessing the nations of the earth. I'm a person that was saved. I was brought to Christ. The ministry of the church opened to me. That when we fail, they may receive us into everlasting, eternal habitation into our eternal home. My Lord, thank you for giving to the Lord. I am a life that was changed. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am so thankful for the generations before mine that gave to the Lord so churches could be established and the ministry of the gospel, gospel could go forth and that there were camp meetings and conferences and special events that my life was changed and I was brought into the blessing and the joy of the Lord. Money is more spiritual. It translates into eternal souls. Number seven. It abounds unto many thanksgivings to God. 2 Corinthians 9, 6, 10 to 13. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the money you have sown. Multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness, your personal righteousness while you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. For the administration of this service, this giving not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God, while through the proof of this ministry, they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and all men. Think about it tonight. Across the earth, as our, this church pours out finances and touches widows and orphans and Christian workers and pastors and ministries, there is something that's taking place. Those people are praising the Lord. They are thanking God for the supply they're thanking God for teaching materials and provision for their, for their life and for education and for their families. And praises to God are rising all over the earth because we gave our money in this house. We get the reports. Children in such terrible need, abandoned and left. And Christian workers and pastors come and pick them up and bring them into the children's ministry as much as we can sponsor. There's many more, but as many as we can reach. And now those children with tears running down their face give praise unto God with joy because somebody cares for them. Praises are going up to God all over the world tonight in the Philippines and in Fiji and Sri Lanka and India and Uganda and Rwanda and Kenya, the Sudan, Ethiopia, other places where the reach of our finances go, people are praising God and blessing God because of the blessing of this house. Your money is more spiritual. It abounds unto many, many thanksgivings to God. So once again, what a joy it is for us to give our finances to separate our finances to the Lord, to break in our own hearts that spirit of mammon. Who then can be saved? 
We all have to deal with it. Pour out our lives for the gospel and give to the goodness of the Lord. Let's have the worship team come as we look to Luke chapter 6, 38. Jesus said, give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. How many believe the words of Jesus? Our liberality will be met with his liberality. Our generosity will be met with his generosity in our lives. Our blessing will be met with his blessing. That is the way of the Lord. And so I say again, when our giving is led by the Spirit, you can't outgive God. And may God bless our lives and our families in this church on into the future for his glory. One final scripture, Matthew 6, 19 to 21. Jesus' words again, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The Lord gives us wisdom. We have to provide for needs in this life, provide for our family, look after things. But let's be wise beyond that and say, Lord, I want to partner with you. I want to give my life for the gospel, for kingdom finances, that your eternal kingdom be established, that it increase, and that souls all over the earth come to know the privilege of the companionship and friendship of Jesus Christ. Let's stand together tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we magnify you tonight, Lord. Father, we surrender to you tonight everything. Surrender our lives, our families, our endeavors, our finances. It's all yours, Lord. We want to be all in for you, Lord, till it's all over. Every part of us. Lord, for the gospel, for the increase of the kingdom, Lord. And so we thank you tonight, Lord. We thank you for the blessing, Lord, the windows of heaven that open upon us. Thank you for the blessing upon our families. We pray, Lord, for household salvation. You said you'd open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. There wouldn't be room enough to receive it. And so, Lord, as we make our way through this life, Lord, your blessing falls again and again and again. And we're satisfied with the goodness of the Lord. And we say you have done all things well. Pray for young lives here, Lord. Teenagers and young adults and young families and young converts, Father God. Lord, they would solve this issue in their hearts tonight, Lord, to be men and women of principle and faith and to believe God. Lord, not conduct themselves by the worldly views, Lord, but conduct themselves by the economy of the kingdom of God, knowing that you are Jehovah Jireh and you will provide and you will open up the future and you will bless your people, that your people will be known for the kind of God they serve. And we thank you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Well, if you'd like prayer for any need, I know the message wasn't along those lines, but if you'd like prayer, like to surrender to the Lord in some way tonight, consecrate yourself to him. 
Please step out from where you are. The altars are open. Let's close out the worship service and the ministry tonight with the song of the Lord.